Welcome in, everybody, to the Going Yard Podcast. You can already hear very excited, because you know what time it is. It's regionals, baby. <laughs> we got six local teams that are going to be competing in regionals today. If you're listening to this when you should, it better be today, Saturday. Six local teams in action, and we're going to look at each one, kind of their matchup, what they got to do, how they can find a way to stay. start with the regional that i will be showing my ugly mug at and that is the wheat ridge regional which if you followed the podcast along you might think oh of course he's going to the wheat ridge regional because this guy's a farmer but that's not the case i promise you the real reason is because centennial and south are both heading to this regional so you know it just seems to make sense you know go to the regional two of the local teams in it but so we'll look at those first and we'll start with Centennial. They opened the regional with playing Wheat Ridge. And really, I think all three games from this regional are just going to be absolutely great. Looking at Wheat Ridge, uh, if you like this common opponents kind of thing, uh, Wheat, Ridge, Wheat Ridge has a 3-1 record against common opponents, while Centennial's 0-2 in those games. That means anything to you. I don't really like that kind of stat, but it's there for you, so you're welcome. Wee Ridge as a team is dominant on the mound. They have a 2.28 team ERA, which really has been anchored heavily by senior starter uh, Aaron Archeles. I hope I said his last name right. He's got a .039, the 0.39 ERA. He's allowed three runs all year. And it's not just a fluke either. He's pitched 53 in a third innings. Three runs allowed. And that's not just earned runs either. Like, I'm talking three runs have been scored while this kid has been on the mound. His strike-to-walkout ratio, 90 to 7. He can pitch, and it's going to be tough to see. I don't think... It's tough with regionals because you got to... It's kind of just guessing who... Who the coach is going to throw out that first game? It's all because you got to win two games in one day. You got to try to strategize your pitcher somehow. My guess would be a Centennial doesn't see Archelis, but we were just still has other solid starters. Obviously, to get to that point, that two point two eight team ERA. Where Centennial will be able to compete though is Wee Ridge offensively hasn't been you know one of the top teams. They scored one hundred and sixty eight runs total this year. And kind of in perspective, Centennial scored 147 themselves. That's why in this first game, it's going to be it's going to be very vital for Centennial's pitchers to come out and shut Wee Ridge down because you know Centennial it's it's going to be tough offensively. They have to understand that you know they're going against solid pitchers. Whoever I'm, my guess would be Keyshawn Telly's going on the mound first. Just an assumption, but whoever it is, whether it's Zach Slaughter or, I don't know, throwing the senior Seth Nunez. Whoever is going out there, they're going to have to shut it down. And really, 
they they're not going to be they can't just put the ball in play either. They're going to have to find some hits because Wee Ridge is tied for first in 4A in fielding percentage as well. So Wee Ridge isn't going to hurt themselves either out there, which also you know leads to that good ERA as well, playing good defense. Those pitchers for Centennial, they'll have to look out for Dominic Bronk. He's a big on offense for Wee Ridge. He's got a 500 batting average, 29 RBI, and let's see, what's that? And 12 extra base hits. You know, outside of that, Weaver isn't too great offensively, so that that's going to be the key for Centennial to attack that. And you know, maybe if they can put up four or five runs, maybe you could see an upset. I'm going to break down each team's potential second round matchup as well. But for Centennial and South, it's a little special because they're in the same regional, so I won't break down Centennial's opponent because y'all know South, and I'm going to talk about South's opponent next. So there you go. And as promised, here is South's breakdown. They're going against Longmont, also at the Wee Ridge Regional. And really, if you look at this, if you believe in the RPI ranking, which I know a lot of people don't, but Longmont is ranked higher in that than Wee Ridge. So technically looking at Longmont's the best team in this regional. And unfortunately, that's who South's got to go against first. But, you know, I said unfortunately, but I don't. maybe that could be easier because, you know, South sees that Longmont is ranked higher, so maybe they can throw out, you know, whoever they want. They can do, they can put out all the stops on that first game. But looking at it first, Longmont, the big name that sticks out is Brady Rank. Absolutely unbelievable offensively. He's got a 568 batting average, which is sixth in 4A, 42 hits, 38 runs scored, which is fifth in 4A. I mean, he's just great out there. He's got a had a bunch of stolen bases. I, I didn't write down how many, but it's a lot. He, but he really drives that long mon offense. And just kind of looking at the rest of their team, you know, there's a couple other good guys. There's a Chris uh, Goomson, I think that's how you say it. He's solid as well. I mean, he's got a bunch of base hits. He's got a bunch of doubles. Uh, but you know, really, this just kind of feels like South maybe should just walk rank every time you know you don't like to do that but really it can be an effective strategy i mean you keep him from doing more damage with potentially hitting a home run and scoring or you know getting a double and bringing home runs if you just walk him you know maybe get to some of those batters that might be a little easier and really south has that kind of luxury with a good pitching staff with hunter fair aj cordova bacon gutierrez Nick Parisi's come on. I mean, all four of those guys really are reliable arms for a regional. And those are guys who have proven they can get out of trouble too. So yeah, maybe you walk rank and, you know, you voluntarily put someone on base and put on traffic, but those guys' experience all year has proven that they can get out of it. And really, if you look on the other side too, Longmont doesn't have a solid pitching staff either. It's kind of more by committee. I'm, I'm assuming their best guy. He hasn't pitched their most most innings, but I'm assuming he's their best. It's Leaf Newskin. He's got a 2.16 ERA in 35 and two-thirds innings pitched, 29 to 13 strike-walk ratio. 
And really, that, that ratio is what I'm really looking at for Longmont's pitchers because they walk a lot of batters. And, you know, South has some speed over there. Brandon Christie's fast, AJ Cordova, Seth Moore. All these guys have wheels. It's going to be vital in this game for South to be able to take advantage of those walks and, and those free passes because, I mean, you get to first. If you can steal second and put some pressure and get a guy in scoring position, all it takes is, you know, a potential base hit. And that can bring home some runs. Longmont is great offensively, so South needs to be open to potentially get in, into a slugfest. But, you know, really looking at it, I feel like South has a good chance here of pulling off the upset because they match pretty well offensively, I believe, with you know a little bit lackluster staff in Longmont. And, you know, South has had great pitching all year, so pitching usually kind of is the cream that rises to the top, and I think South... With what they've proven all year, with their with their arms, could could do it. Could potentially shut down Rank in this potent Longmont offense. And you know, kind of breaking that down, it's looking at this regional more. If South goes against Wee Ridge, uh, I just want to share a little personal story myself, if that's okay. Which it is, because I'm going to do it, and you're going to listen. But <laughs> so South. I played at Wee Ridge, 2014, my senior year. We were hosting a regional, and South was actually in our regional. They won their first game, and that's who we were playing for the spot at State. And, man, South came out and just smacked us in the mouth. They went up 6-0, and I can tell you, it wasn't we weren't feeling too good. But we came back, and we won the game 7-6, partially thanks to an error at third. He overthrew the catcher, which scored the winning run for us, but... You know, it would be something cool to see, I guess, for me personally to see Wee Ridge and South play. But if that matchup were to happen, I think it'd be a great one to see just kind of talking about those pitching staffs that both teams possess. I would imagine, like I said, that Aaron Arkeles from Wee Ridge is probably being saved for the second game. And then South, depending on who they throw and who's available, could have, you know, three solid starters to kind of combat that. And we could really see... A great pitching duel with that matchup between South and Wee Ridge. Really low scoring, maybe like 2-1, to 1-0 to even possible. That would be a lot of fun to see. Uh, a Longmont Centennial matchup. That would be also fun to see because, I mean, like I've said on here before, Centennial will fight with anybody, and really their offense has come alive as well. I mean, I focused on their defense improving, but offensively they've been great as well. I mean, they put up... I can't remember the final score against South, but I think it was 11 and 9, something like that. I mean, they put up 10 on on Central. I mean, they put up 3 on West. I know it's not a lot, but that's that is quite a bit more than other teams have been putting up on West. So, really the bats have come alive as well for Centennial. And they will play small ball. They will manufacture in runs. And when you have a pitching staff in Longmont that's not as strong, I think Centennial really could, you know, throw up a number like six or seven and put pressure on Longmont to also try to score. And then, of course, the third possible matchup would be South and Centennial, which <laughs> would would be a dream for Pueblo fans. And probably not so much for Centennial and South as they've, only, as they've already played twice. But that would be a very entertaining game. I mean, they played one of the best league games of the year when Centennial was able to best them, like I said, just a second ago. I think it was 11-9, and nine, something like that. Really kind of back and forth. Each team had an answer each time. You know, it was tied for a while. 
South took a lead. Centennial came back in the last inning and put up runs and took the lead and shut South down. It was a great game, and I'm sure we'd be treated to another one if those two were to match up again. Moving away from Wee Ridge Talk, we're going way far away. We're going to the Western Slope where Pueblo County will be heading out to Palisade to compete in that regional. And their first round opponent is going to be Fort Morgan, which if these teams, you know, that, that, that Spider-Man meme where they're kind of pointing at each other, that's, that's exactly what this matchup feels like between Pueblo County and Fort Morgan. They just look on paper, very similar teams. I mean, both kind of hovering around, their stats kind of hovering around the same spots. Fort Morgan has scored 157 runs all year. County scored 133. Flip side on defense, County has a better better ERA at 3.91. Fort Morgan's is 4.05. Now, Fort Morgan, it's kind of interesting looking at their stats. I don't know if it's an injury or something, but they have a this workhorse pitcher in Jacob Ortega. He's thrown their most pitches at 54 and a third. He's got a 3.49 ERA, or a 3.99 ERA. But then you look at a couple other guys. Uh, Alex Ortega. He's got he's pitched 34 innings, 3.29 ERA. Then there's Mateo Salado, 35 and a third innings pitched and a 2.38 ERA. So really, I don't, I don't really even have a good guess for who County's going to see because I don't know if it's going to be this workhorse or if they're going to throw one of those guys with a lower ERA or if one of those guys are hurt. But really, I mean, County, I said it last week, really, I, I still think County is just going to come down to if they can play good defense behind their pitching because Cole Martino and Josh Biddle have been solid all year. I just kind of cleaning up some of those errors. And with Fort Morgan, I'm, I'm going to guess that Biddle or Martino is going to get the ball, one of them. And getting the defense is just it's going to be the most vital thing because – I think Biddle or Martino will bring their A game and are going to pitch probably their best game of the year. Fort Morgan, you know, good, you know, maybe technically better than County on offense, but not still not a super strong offensive team with only 157 runs scored. Biddle or Martino can shut this team down, and it's just going to be up to County, you know, on defensively getting those ground balls or getting those fly balls and getting them out. You know, County hasn't been the best offensive team either, but... You know, Fort Morgan doesn't possess any pitchers I don't think that I think are really anything better than what they've seen in the league. So County's probably used to this kind of level of pitching and you know, their bats I think can do it and you know, when you have Ryan Downs, he's he led the SEL in on base percentage. He just finds ways to get on base. So really I mean if they can find a way to push downs around the bases a couple of times and get some runs, I think I think Pueblo County has a great chance of pulling off this one and Taking down Fort Morgan. Now, if they were to win, they would most likely get Palisade. So I'm going to break that one down. Palisade, believe it or not, has a worse ERA than Fort Morgan by quite a bit. Their team ERA is 4.55. So you're probably thinking, how on earth did Palisade get this host? How are they so good? Well, I'll tell you, they've scored 233 runs, which is the fourth most in 4A. And... That's a hundred more than County has scored this year. So their big guy is Stevenson Reynolds. 
He's got a 486 batting average, 37 RBIs, which is the second most in 4A. And he's also scored 34 runs himself. There's another guy behind him, Jack Moeller, 436 average, 34 RBIs, 30 runs scored himself. Those two are really the big damage-doing guys for Palisade. No, but looking at that pitching number, that's that's just that's brutal. And you know, once again, said it all year, pitching is huge when it comes to regionals and postseason time. And really, that's a great advantage for County because they have Martino or Biddle, whoever is not throwing that first game. I would imagine is throwing this one. Re- having that pitching is going to be a huge advantage because you know Palisade is better offensively, so they might you know put up more runs than usual on who's ever pitching for County. They might get four or five. But really, County, this might be some of the worst pitching they've seen all year. So County struggled offensively, but they they can score with the best of them too. I mean, I think they're, I don't remember the final score. They, they hit like three home runs in one game though as a team recently. It was towards the end of the year. They can do it. If they, if they get a lower level pitcher, they can do this and they can score and you know, I feel like this one could potentially turn into a little bit of a slugfest. And, you know, having one of their strong guys on the mound, there's no reason I don't think County could, you know, put up six runs themselves and win a ball game six to five over Palisade. You know, and let's be honest, it's tough with those Western Slope teams because, you know, they don't get the same kind of media coverage. I've said this before on the podcast, but they really don't kind of get that same showing. They don't get to play the same. You know, we say it in Pueblo that, you know, they, they don't get to play the same kind of competition with all the Denver teams. I mean, a place like Palisade really doesn't get to see much. I mean, there's there's other solid teams over there on the Western Slope, but it's really not the same as over on the Front Range. So really, I think both games will be a battle for County, but I said it before with, those pitch, with the pitching staff they have that they could find themselves winning a regional and getting state. going up north instead of west and we're going to the silver creek regional where central will be playing and really central got the most fun first round matchup i think of any of the pueblo teams because they're going against lewis palmer and if you don't know the background for that the first game of the year central played lewis palmer and they lost 22 to 3 now that number is very deceiving because after three innings central was winning 3-1 lewis palmer put up 10 in the fourth 11 in the fifth and you know blue county out of the water or blue central out of the water but you know that was the first game of the year and this central team is is very different from then i mean they put they finished this year with 15 and 8 which is the most wins they've had since i believe 2004 it's what joe Servi told me shout out joe Servi. this is also the first time they've been in the playoffs since 2007 i mean i just Hopefully you read my story yesterday, if you're listening to this Saturday. On this senior group they have, I've talked about them all year, and it's just a great group of kids, and they've really turned this program around, and really turned it around from that first game. I mean, looking at it, Lewis Palmer, that's, they're not they're not as good as that 22-3 score indicates that they might be. Because late, later in the non-conference part of the season, South went up to Lewis Palmer and beat them 14-1, to and... 
Central, the last time Central played South, they turned around in 13 to 3. So, really, that first game is just a little fluky. A lot of errors on Central. Nico Martin didn't play. You know, a lot of things happened in that game. So, we're going to throw that one out. <laughs> Looking at Lewis Palmer. You know, they've got a little bit of speed, 62 stolen bases. They've scored 206 runs, which is ninth in 4A. They are solid offensively, but, you know, it's pretty similar to Central. You know, not too many dominant pitchers. Lewis Palmer has a 470, 4.70 ERA as a team. Their main guy is Jason Sugar, but, you know, when you have a team that kind of struggles pitching, I would imagine that the strategy at a regional would be to throw the better guy the second game. So I'm assuming Central probably won't see him. But really, I mean, Central's bats, I think, could take it to anybody playing in the South Central League because Central, I think, got the best from each team and kind of saw those dominant arms each time and has that experience with the team's best. And really kind of look, if they're not getting the best, I think it's going to be vital. The biggest thing for Central is going to be to get early runs, you know, because there is no denying that they lost that game 22-3. to But if you can get up those early runs, get up maybe six, seven in the first three innings, the confidence that will bring Central is enormous. And, you know, pitching has been tough for Central all year, but really towards the end of the year, a lot of guys stepped up. Servi pitched his best game of the year against West. Avery Roman had a great game. I mean, they have arms that have shown that they're capable. And really... I mean, if it does get into a slugfest, Central has the bats to do it. I mean, that senior senior lineup, this is it. I mean, this is the last ride, win or go home. And when you have that kind of pressure on seniors, I think it brings out the best. So Central, I think, has a good chance of, you know, avenging that loss to Lewis Palmer and getting into the regional final. Looking at that regional final, they'll most likely face the hosts in Silver Creek. They finished the year ranked second in the 4A RPI with a 21-2 and record. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, there's not too much to say about Silver Creek because, you know, when you're that good, there's a reason, and it's because you're good at every spot. Silver Creek's got a 3.27 ERA, 202 runs scored. They also have 77 stolen bases, which is ninth and 4A, which Central's not too far behind. The biggest thing to look out for Silver Creek is their hitter, Spencer Rich. He's got a 537 batting average, 31 RBI, 30 runs scored. And really, it's just... Central's going to have to play their best. I mean, look at Silver Creek is 21 and 2 for a reason and it's it's tough. You know, they didn't Silver Creek was in a league with Longmont, but really outside of that, you know, not not the best competition. You know, the South Central League likes to pride themselves on being a great league and, you know, battle testing these guys and Central certainly was and they're going to have to prove it with this game against Silver Creek and you know, I think it's just going to come down to pitching. I I don't know who would pitch for Central, but whoever it is, whether it's Gino Servi or Avery Roman stepping in, or I don't, if Nick Krupka is feeling better, I don't think he is, but if he does, maybe him. Maybe Adam Muni steps in and starts another game. Who knows? But it's going to be vital for Central's pitcher to come in here and try to shut Silver Creek down and you know give a chance for their offense. next two teams i don't really have too much to say because they are favored 
they realistically should quote air big air quotes there should win their games and make it to the state portion of their tournaments. We'll start with Pueblo West, the number one overall seed in 4A. They're hosting. They have Classical Academy up first, which the Titans won their league, and that is what got them into the playoffs because they were number 33 in the final RPI standings, but all the league winners automatically get in. You know, Classical Academy has seen West, I'm sure. I mean, it's just up in the spring, so they they know about West. They know what West possesses pitching-wise, offensively-wise, speed-wise. Looking at Classical Academy, I think their biggest advantage would be their pitching. They have Noah Lasecki and Steven Smith. They One of them's got an ERA at two, and the other one is under two. And really, when you're... When Classical Academy is facing such a big opponent, such a big upset, I would imagine this game they would probably pull out all the stops. So I would imagine Pueblo West probably sees both of those guys. And, you know, the Classical Academy doesn't, they don't, they probably have this chip on their shoulder like, yeah, we wouldn't have been in if we won our, if we hadn't won our league, but let's prove them, let's prove that, you know, lead, winning that league matters. So Quest, I would imagine, is going to see those two. So, you know, offensively, West has to understand that they got to bring it, and, you know, they're going to see probably Classical Academy's two best, I would imagine. You know, on the flip side, Pueblo West has great pitching with Neff and Denniston, who've dominated all year. So, really, if anything, this is a low-scoring game, and West maybe wins 4-1 to one or something, but I believe West can pull this off and move on. From there, they'll either play Conifer or Palmer Ridge. And uh, really, each one presents a different challenge. Conifer, looking at it, they've got a 374 batting average as a team, which is sixth in 4A. So if they were to get Conifer, they're probably going to be, you know, Denston and Neff will be challenged a little bit. I mean, they played good hitting teams in the South Central League, but, you know, a matchup with Conifer might be more reliable, relying on those pitchers. Palmer Ridge. They've got a 3.3 ERA as a team, which ranks 11th in 4A. So if they were able to move on, you know, then the kind of pressure that falls on Pueblo West's offense. And really, I don't think Palmer Ridge has probably seen a team with this kind of speed that West has. With, you know, Tyler Declusion, Jaden Cordova, Kyle Jamison, you know, all, all, all the guys that they have with speed. You know, Palmer Ridge hasn't seen a team like that, I believe, so... Really, that speed will make a difference, and you know, like I said, West really should and is favored, and you know their their dream is state title or bust. So, and I know Dan Sanchez harps on this regionals weekend and says it's the most brutal in high school sports. So, I know he's going to have his team ready, and I expect Polo West to move on. other team that's very much expected to move on is rye in 2a right well first well 2a works a little different they have regionals air quotes i don't get why they just don't call it the state tournament because what it is there's six there's 16 teams left right now and they call the first two rounds regionals and then there's four teams left and they call that state so that's dumb (laughs) we're just gonna call it the state tournament and if you're in town and if you're not watching west go down 
to the Runyon Sports Complex because that's where the two-way regionals are at. They actually started on Friday. If you're listening to that today, sorry. <laughs> I could have told you yesterday, but, you know, it's a busy week. All right, we got a lot of state. And there's state track, which, if you're interested, follow Marcus on Twitter, Marcus Hill, at Marcus L. Hill. Shout out to him. But back to Rye. They're, they're the number three seed, but they really shouldn't be. I mean, you look at their stats, they have a 0.88 ERA as a team, which ranks first in 2A. They've also scored 283 runs, which also ranks first in 2A. So if you look at it from those two angles, this is the best offense and defensive team in 2A. And really, they're the three seed just because RPI is weird. And, you know, Rye didn't, they didn't play the best competition, you know, their opponent's win percentage was a little lower than uh, the two teams that are ranked ahead of them, and I believe Hotchkiss and Peyton. But Wright did what they were supposed to do. I mean, they tend to run almost every team. I, I was talking with Jeff Latovsky, who's going to be out covering the Rye Regional today. 16 of Rye's 21 wins were by 10 runs more. So they did what they were supposed to do against those quote-unquote worst teams. First, they're going to get Lyman, who is going to get a storm probably from Rye. Rye's led by Damon Ellerton and Bryce Benz, who were both really great candidates to be player of the year in 2A. I mean, they've both been absolutely phenomenal on the mound, and they're even scarier at the plate. I I don't have the numbers written down, but just Lyman, be aware. Good luck. (laughs) Then they would either play Callahan or Holyoke in the second round for that state semifinal spot. Callahan is in a league with Peyton, and, you know, if you kind of like that matchup thing, Peyton beat Callahan in the district tournament and also beat in the regular season, I believe. So, Rye beat Peyton. So, if you kind of look at it that way, Rye should be able to handle Callahan. They're the higher seed. Callahan would be expected to take down Holyoke. But looking at everything I just said, Rye, you know, you don't want to be too confident, obviously. Coach Stacy Graham is going to keep him level-headed, I'm sure. Rye really should be favored, and we really should be seeing them again next week at the state tournament. At the state tournament, quote, <laughs> really the semifinals, which is also down at the Running Sports Complex. The semifinals and finals will be played next Saturday on the 25th. So make sure to tune into that. Head down there if you can, because Rye really is the same as Pueblo West. It's state title or bust, and both teams have a great shot of accomplishing. That. Thank you guys for tuning in all year and listening to this breakdown. I know this podcast was probably a little longer, but I appreciate you guys listening. I've heard some feedback from some people. I just appreciate all you guys listening. This is really fun to look at, you know, kind of break down these regionals, and it's going to be a great weekend, and I can't wait to see what some of these Pueblo teams are potentially able to accomplish. You know, maybe they can go out and try to prove that Pueblo baseball is legit and you know, some of these northern teams need to take notice. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going we're gonna to have a recap of everything for you on Chieftain.com and in the paper. So make sure to tune in there as well. You know, get all the info. It's going to be an exciting weekend for sure. And hopefully the Pueblo can get maybe a couple teams into that state tournament. It's in Springs this year. A lot closer to home for Pueblo. I look forward to going up to Wee Ridge and seeing that regional I think it might be the toughest regional out of all eight it's going to be a whole bunch of fun 
You can follow all the action with me on Twitter. My handle's at AJWRules44. Have any comments about the podcast, questions, anything, you can email me at awhite at chieftain.com. Thank you guys for listening once once again, and next week we'll break down who's left, where they go from there, and you know, maybe we'll get a special guest or two on. Thanks for listening, guys.